Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? My name is Ken M. Thank you so much for joining us again for another edition of the podcast. Joining me in studio, as always, socially distant, though, is the one and only Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And we actually have some stuff to talk about in the land of movies, TV, and comics this episode, so we definitely want to interact with you. Jump in on the conversation with the hashtag ODPH, and you can find all our social media links on OchoDuroParleyHour.com, because we definitely want to have some interaction. Kicking off this episode, though... The CW has returned mm-hmm. with the Arrowverse. Yep. After the long hiatus from the C-19 shakeup, they're slowly but surely kicking back into the season going on. So we are going to be deep diving into a couple of the episodes we caught up with, and that being The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. And we should note with The Flash, uh, it was announced via Grant Gustin in an interview he did, I want to say either late last week or over the weekend. I forget. But uh, this season of The Flash will be a shortened season. It was supposed to have been either 21 or 22 episodes. I forget. But because with everything going on, uh, the 19th episode of the season, which the one that just aired, it was 16. So you've still got 17, 18, and then the finale. Uh, The 19th episode will now be the finale. And unfortunately, that is the case. And how they tie it up is going to be anybody's guess. Usually, yeah. the, usually the Flash has great season finales. Well, and that's the thing uh, Grant Gustin said in the, in the interview he did was that you know the season finale was supposed to have an Eobard Thawne cliffhanger. That it was going to be a great cliffhanger, and he said he didn't kind of allude or say what the cliffhanger we're now stuck with is. But he said you know the cliffhanger you're going to get is a very is still a very good you know season ending cliffhanger. Well, they have to do something. Yeah. And to make the best of a bad situation, I'm not mad at. No. I'm really hoping, though, they end on a strong note. Because they haven't been lately. Because they haven't been lately. No. This season of The Flash has been very mixed. And I will say the past episodes that we've seen have really been an improvement over what we started out the season with. Mm. And like we said, you can go through back episodes. Not a fan of blood work and that whole nonsense. So now that we have the new black hole organization coming in you know i like i say i've been kind of like about it but since crisis on infinite earth i mean they can only do so much and how they're coming back in with this organization you know like i i'm still trying to get hooked in it Hmm. but they're dragging their feet this whole season this whole back half of the season normally and normally with some of these shows yeah, they've got their down points and they've got their slow episodes, but I can usually like, all right, it's not, not terrible. Mm. This, it's been terrible. Like, it's been just like, you know, molasses in January. Like, you just can't get through it. Well, the problem, I think, is with this villain and antagonist that is the Black Hole Organization and Ava, it's not a compelling story. No. It's pretty it's generic com- it, it's compelling if they cut the number of episodes they've been dealing with it in half yeah like like they, they've literally been dragging it out too long and playing the cat and mouse game for too long whereas if they would have solved it or moved it on it like we'll get into it when we talk about the episode but if they would have done where they're at in the episode five episodes ago i'd have been like okay cool let's get this going let's get this ship going like but at this point i'm just like i don't care like get it over with well 
it goes back to the formula of they're trying to do the split seasons, which I get, but you need to have really good villains to carry you through. Right. This one, it feels like I've seen it before, to be honest with mm. you, that it's been very predictable in areas. And the only time this season has really picked up, in my opinion, has been when they've gone to the real Flash's rogues gallery. Like the Grot yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. The Grot episode has been the strongest one they've had since they've come back yeah. from Crisis, in yeah. my opinion. But when you're trying to sell me on sunshine, right? You know, it, it's not going to work. And I'm sorry, the amulet story. Just you know, when you're forcing in characters to drag out a story, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a lot of sense to just give that filler, especially when you shorten up the season to accommodate a, a shorter story. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like I can understand you're doing fillers, filler episodes when you do the long, drawn-out villains, like when they did Zoom and they mm-hmm. drew it out, mm-hmm. and even Savitar, even though not a great villain, but you understand when they're trying to set up the big bad. You have to have filler episodes when you do that. When you go to the split story that they've been doing and it's been working, you, you don't really need to do these filler episodes. Maybe one here, one there. Sure. But... In all honesty, it, 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 to me, it feels like when you're back in school and you're learning about budgeting and managing your money and all that kind of stuff, and you, and you're in class and your teacher says, "All right, you got X amount of dollar. We'll just say like thousand dollars for the week. You got to get through the week. Mm-hmm. Food, groceries, this, that, and the other." It feels like, oh, I just spent all this money on the entertainment stuff, and I got no money left for my food. It feels like they put all their eggs in the basket of crisis and lead up to crisis because the first half of the season was great. With all the stuff leading up to crisis and setting up and getting the team ready for a life without Barry and and this and that. And, but then you get to this and it's like, oh, yeah, we forgot we were supposed to do the other half of this season. Yeah, which you really are seeing the fruits of that labor. I'm trying to find a nice way to say it, but it's been lackluster. And for being the new flagship show yeah. of the Arrowverse, I mean, I'm not going to start calling it the Flashverse just no. yet. They need to be in a stronger direction. and. It's unfortunate with the talent that they have for other characters that they could run with. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. But to see how this is played out, and like I said, we're going to be starting talking spoilers in 3, 2, 1, because they have a villain in this episode, Ragdoll, Mm -hmm. which has appeared in a previous episode. It's appeared in a previous episode. Actual legit contortionist. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can go through the various incarnations throughout DC Comics. None better, in my opinion, than the Secret Six run under Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. And that book is very, very underrated. If you're looking for something to read right now, I highly recommend picking up Secret Six. To see how it's been translated to TV, it's a different vibe, in my opinion. Sure. And I, it just seems like another misstep when you have a, a villain that's a one and done that you could stretch out. I'm not saying that Ragdoll right, should be. Right. But it just kind of seems like you're forcing the issue so much that it just doesn't come in there and. and it just it doesn't resonate. That it definitely felt forced. It definitely felt in the writing process. They're going along. All right, we need a villain to sh- we need somebody to show up and, and cause some havoc in this scene. Who who's available? Mm. Who, who we got left? And it's like they've kind of written themselves in the corner. Like, well, we've got Ragdoll. Yeah, they have talent to use, and I know it's going back to the well and bringing back some characters that you like seeing. I mean, that's the whole thing about bringing Amulet Black back. Sure, when they brought her back. But then again, at the same token, it was like. That whole story was just forced and uh-huh. didn't really make sense. If you're going to bring Ragdoll back, sure. It, it, I understand where they're trying to go with the whole storyline with Joe. Right. But then again, it, it was so generic in how it's set up. And I'm not going to lie. I honestly, like once you started seeing the contortion stuff and all that, 
I was like, oh, right, that's Ragdoll. But when Ragdoll first showed up and I saw the mask, I was like, is that Jigsaw from Saw? Like, what is this? Well, that's the thing. If you are if you read a lot of DC Comics, you know who it is right off the gate. And when they introduced Ragdoll on the show, yeah, they, they kind of tiptoed around it, but they didn't really go into the character as much. And it just kind of seems like the, you know, the villain of the week, mm-hmm. which, okay, I get, I understand. And you're trying to do the subplot with Joe and that whole nonsense because it's, it's all boiling down to, Ava running the mirror verse or yeah. the mirror dimension, whatever you want to define it as, and how she's trying to manipulate people from the outside looking in, and it, and I get it, but I'm just like, the entire episode was like, all right, well, not the strongest I've seen. No, the only thing that was kind of really hooking me is, I mean, they're finally starting to do some stuff with Ralph and Sue. Yeah, which I mean, that is uh, one of the little highlights of the episode. Yeah, no, that was, that was good. I liked the little play they had back and forth with you, with each other. Especially there was the one scene where Sue was at the bank or at the whatever financial institution she was at. And she's trying to make a deal or negotiate something. And Ralph comes in and basically blows up her plan in her face in front of this like banker or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. And the woman just goes, are you two? Wait, are you two married? And they both at the same time go, ew, no. Right. Which it goes to how like they've been in such an, a classic couple mm-hmm. in the DC universe, mm-hmm. which I mean, you go through the history of the elongated man, you understand the character and and that relationship. So how they're portraying it right now on the show, I have no problem with. Like, I think it's a cool, interesting take on it. Yeah. And it was pretty much the only highlight of this episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, I I was more excited to see, okay, Flash is coming back and, okay, Ragdollar, what are we going to do here? And, and just to be the henchman of the week and well and especially you had a couple episodes ago where yeah where the speed force died mm-hmm. and Barry was there talking to Cisco and uh Caitlin and like oh we gotta we gotta build our own speed force we gotta set up our own speed force and that was like an oh shit moment like oh this could be really cool mm-hmm. and they haven't done anything with it like sure they've spent the intervening weeks however many weeks it's been Oh, he's got to conserve his speed. He can't, you know, it's a finite amount. It's a set amount. It's not infinite like it was, but like they've made no progress here on setting up or building his own speed force. Yeah. Which I thought was fair. fair. In terms of things you want to focus on and like really set up and really get going. The source that gives your hero his power, I feel like should get some, you know, for for, front, you know, front burner action, not push to the back burner. Well, it's going to be one of those loopholes that they're going to have to tie up by the end of the season but yeah. unfortunately now with how their production is i don't think they have that you know room for error to, no. to push it back to be no. honest with you because for the majority of this episode yeah it was just focused on ava and what she was trying to manipulate mm-hmm. and barry's still you know trying to figure out how to make himself faster but even not even dipping into the spirit the speed force era that you were talking about right like I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just really sit there and like, all right, when we're thinking about notes and just how to describe this episode, it's like piss poor <sighs> generic. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate I hate reason words. I know I do that a lot on the show, but it was just average. I it, mean, it that, didn't even feel average. It felt below average. Well, I th- even for them. Well, no, because even though recently, I think, though, on the show, it's had that vibe to it. That I'm not saying the show has run its course. No pun intended. Man, I, I, I keep bringing up the run part. But it's it's true, though. It's almost to the stage that you burn through all your great villains, and now you're trying to just force in other ones that aren't as compelling, aren't connecting with the viewers, that you really have that sense of danger and sure. sense, you know the drama that 
adds to the characters because this is sure. Just... But at the same token, look at Marvel for an example. One of the biggest complaints people have with Marvel movies is they always kill off their villains. Mm-hmm. Killmonger, although to be determined, you know, Red Skull got you, until Avengers Endgame showed up, presumed dead. Yeah. You know, you look at you just run through the line. You know, uh, what was it? Uh, Obadiah Stane. Like, you can just run through the Marvel movies, you know, the first 10, 11, 12 years and go, they've killed off some really great villains, but they've managed to keep them very good and very interesting through writing. Now, granted, some of those movies, they might have borrowed villains from other, you know, comic lines that might not have been that person's villain It inserted them there, but it's worked. I think this is just a, you know, the writers aren't up to scratch. Maybe. I, I think, though, they've just re- reached a point where it's, they don't want to go deep diving into the the history of the characters. Like, Maybe. They, like I, I, I don't want to say that it's not up to scratch per se, but I think where the issue is, where do you want to go with Barry Allen and his direction? Because you pretty much have the team still intact, and it's business as stat quo, but for the storylines you could do with The Flash, you're not really dipping into it. Sure. And I think, though, it's it's nothing against the current run because the current run of the comic is very good, and that's the one you see the Black Hole organization in. But trying to translate it to TV, when you have other villains that you've not utilized as much, uh-huh. and I understand, I mean, Captain Cold would be an exception because obviously Wentworth Miller is not coming back to the show, and to try recasting, I think they should. I know, Pat, you've said they shouldn't no, let it shouldn't. go. But to have a villain on that on that level to try and I can see I can see them casting somebody else like new character but having them take up the mantle that I would be okay with but but in terms of recasting Wentworth Miller's you know Captain Cold like the character I no but if you if you write in a new character you know Joe Joe Schmo or whoever you want to call the character and or even a female character and have them hey you know for whatever reason being like they really inspired by captain cold and they really want to leave up, live up to his, you know, legacy, you know, and whatever else. And they take up the mantle. Okay. I'd even be okay. I know this is going to sound really weird, but hear, hear me out on this. Okay. If they wanted to do something like Marvel did with cable mm-hmm. and had kid cable come back. Sure. And just have like a younger version from a different timeline, sure, and be a different character. Okay, I'm good with that. I'd be okay with that. I don't have an issue with that. He's never exactly been a Boy Scout, so I'm okay with that. Right. If they want to kind of dip around, which I think they should. Yeah. For all the as history, mu- and as much as Barry messes with the timeline, I can fully see that happening. Well, yeah, you got to go mess around with that and really go get the villains that really stand out for the Flash universe. I like I say, you can only do the trickster so much. Mm-hmm. I know Mirror Master; they're slowly kind of bringing back into the fold. After I thought they completely dropped the ball with them. Yeah, you know, just looking in, just how they've been kind of hitting around a little bit. But then again, it goes to the same thing. We have a Mirror Universe. Like, how mm-hmm. are you going to do that? And you're going to bring back Mirror Ma- Master then? Which I mean, yeah. like I say, I don't know exactly the direction they're going in. But if they decided to kind of refocus and. Take the Stephen Amell challenge like you brought up in a previous episode. Yeah. Write it like it's the last season and then really challenge your writing staff to do it. Because like I said, for me, what would really redeem the Flash, and you could have enough villains to go around with it, is have him take on the Rogue's Gallery. Mm-hmm. And you could split it in two seasons. You can definitely make that work. Yeah. Where do you, you know, but how far do you go with it? It's anybody's guess, but you can still mess around with it because... Mm-hmm. You can only do Ibar Thon for so long, even though I'm completely good with it as Tom Cavanaugh's playing him. 
but when you eventually run out of right. independent, you need to have a good backup to go. And I just think that they're not touching upon it. And that's what they kind of need to do. And I understand, like, you have villains that you haven't used in a while. Bring them into the fold sure. to, to try rushing new ones. I think it's not connecting as much. And I think that that's why we're bringing back to the point of this episode that we're not really deep diving as much per se because the episode was very average and very, as Pad wants to say, piss poor. Yeah, no, I mean, the biggest thing out of the episode was they wrote off uh, Joe West. Yeah, which then again, it's like you're you're trying to get the Flash isolated again and, and, yeah. and break him down. And, you know, it just, it just doesn't feel organic as a story it just kind of feels there's a lot of stuff i mean at least i'll say at least they handled it better than when the actor disappeared for a few episodes earlier in the season but that was because he had a back injury of some sort yeah he had a medical issue he had a medical issue i think it was like a back injury or something where like he legitimately could not film but at least but they didn't even explain that like oh he was just i think they what would he say he was just out on paternity leave or something like that like it was kind of like a, a blink and you miss it kind of kind of line, mm. you know. With this, at least, it's it's a reason. So yeah, they got that going for them, right? So obviously, wherever they want to go with the storyline about how they're going to push Barry, and then again, what's going on with the mirror versions of the characters as well. Well, and at least Barry finally woke up and realized, hey, that's not the real Iris. Yes, which took you long enough. Exactly. Now, and I get, I realize uh, to use an English term, uh, we're like third person omniscient in this. Uh, scenario so we know everything that's going on but you married to the woman and you've known her your entire life like from the time you're a wee little kid mm-hmm. feel like you should have picked up on something's not quite exactly right like it shouldn't have taken you to the point where you're getting thrown out of the house for you know basically nothing to realize hey wait a minute something's not right here however the case is at least they're starting to, to speed up the story a little bit there yeah and it's going to eventually have to pay off because it's, especially if they're going to leave on a, on a semi-cliffhanger like it's not the original plan out. Because then what happens after that? Mm-hmm. We don't know when they're going to come back and finish the season out or they're just going to say we're done until October. I think it's they're done until October because he said because Grant Gustin said that episode 19 is the new finale. There's no we're waiting to come back and finish filming the season. They're done filming. But then does that impact how you kick off the next season? Yeah. So I'm just making sure I'm I'm getting it right with that. That if they're going to do that, I mean that's a big jump. And then who knows how that story is going to take place if they just flash premiere. Which I mean that usually is we tie up everything in one episode. Yep, or even half the episode. Either way, it was a very let let down of an episode. Mm -hmm. I guess to to put it mildly, especially when you have villains that you can definitely do more with the ragdoll. I, I think they need to pair up. I, I would love to see a Secret Six version yeah. come on the show. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it's cool they got a legit, con- legitimate contortionist to play the character. Oh, absolutely. That's freaking insane. Oh, it, it's it's incredible. Because that ain't that ain't no CGI. That's the actual person doing that stuff. No, I definitely would love it's to insane. see. insane. I'd love to see them do something like that. But overall, just didn't have enough to carry re- really through. Just kind of going through the motion, so to speak. And like I say, the best part about this was Ralph and Sue. Mm-hmm. So we can get more of that going on. I'm all for it. So overall, that was that episode. And Legends of Tomorrow was following up right behind it, too. Yeah. A little better episode. A little bit better of an episode. I know you enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, anytime, and like I say, we are talking spoilers about this as well. Anytime you can bring Supernatural. And you can set up a crossover. And set up a crossover. Because it, it's like, you know, I know people have wanted to see them crossover for a few seasons now. Especially since some of the material kind of crosses itself. 
but damn it, if they ain't got a golden road to you know Emerald City on this one. They gave them a complete alley-oop. Oh, my God. They just got to slam dunk it. Uh-huh. And they need to have this happen, whether the Winchester brothers come into Legends or... I think that's, I think that's a setup that... Uh, some guy named Stephen Amell might be able to help set up. Uh, you bring him back for one more episode. I'm fine with that. However, you need to make this happen because that was so long overdue because they they would film next to each other. Mm-hmm. So they're very familiar with, yeah. with each other. I mean, Jared Pilecki and Jensen Knuckles. I mean, this is the, the dynamic duo of the CW. Mm-hmm. And we know the last season's going on. We haven't really been following on the show, but Supernatural is blazed the path for all CW shows for how it originally started and the journey it's been on and how they're going to finish it off. Man, I got no idea. The fact they got the 15 seasons is is absolutely crazy. And like I said, Jensen Ackles, I would love to see him come over to the CW Bat universe as Batman. Or like I, he keeps gonna mention his Red Hood. Oh, uh, I can see it. I could see it. Yeah, I'd love to see him come over, especially yeah. if we're gonna do a shakeup and get some new blood into the Arrowverse. Why not? Mm-hmm. But Pad, overall for the Legends episode, break it down for us. Uh, well, it was a pretty good episode. You've got a couple storylines going on. Uh, the one going on is kind of a continuation of Mick learning and coming to grips with. Hey, you've got a daughter now. Yeah. Uh, his first inkling is to go into the past and make it so that he never sleeps with the baby mama. Uh, luckily, Ava talks him out of this and goes, no, 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 no. There's all sorts of issues with that that I don't have time to explain to you on why that's a bad idea. However, she comes up with the idea that, hey, why don't we go into the past and try and change it? Why don't we go into some key moments or some portions of her life and kind of plant some memories in there of you being with her? Which, on the surface, if you just read it at surface level, you go, not a bad idea, but then you remember time travel and go, oh, that could get messy. Anytime you're planting memories in somebody's head, uh huh, <sighs> yeah. Why do heroes not learn this? Uh, I don't why? Know. I don't know. Why? 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 I don't we know. could go through the lineage. If you want to talk, <sighs> throw me a universe. I'll give you a bad example. Mm-hmm. But yet again, yep. hey, let's just plant false memories. Yeah, well, it's not even false memories. They're actual memories, you know, because he goes back in time to the day uh, his child's mother brings her home from the hospital, and there, and he and Ava are in the ho- are in the house trying to build a uh, uh, crib that is from the Victorian era, as they as they allude to. And she goes, "Oh, that's," and the uh, mother of his child says, "Oh, this is interesting that you're here, especially since your cell's supposed to be full at Iron Heights." And they have to quickly play, oh, no, 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 it's okay. He's not escaped from prison. I'm his supervisor, and he's earned some time out of, of jail, which on the surface is like, okay, yeah, concerning the crimes he's committed and the stuff he's done, there's no way they'd let that happen. We file that under one cur- one term, reasons. So he's setting up the, the crib, which is he tries saying, oh, I, I, but I got you this nice Victorian-era crib. from, and, and Ava has to jump in because, you know, his – child's mother isn't supposed to know about time travel and say oh no it's not it's a victorian collection victorian collection so he does that and he gets a picture taken with the mother and the child and then it's kind of like a montage of him uh through some moments in her life birthdays and halloween the halloween scene is really funny especially when he dresses up as heat wave and the daughter dresses up as captain cold perfect sure that went over real well with the parents in the neighborhood oh amazing yeah no so it's it's real fun but then you lo and behold it's all for naught because he goes back to present time and shows her the book and you know because it's something he just had made and she goes 
Yeah, it's a book of some memories of us. Great. I still missed Homecoming, so it did absolutely no good. <laughs> so poor Mick. Yeah, Mick's, Mick's storyline is very interesting this mm-hmm. season. And I'm not saying like I'm, I'm in, enthralled. Yeah. But just to really see where you're going with the character and, and trying to give him this backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, wait and see on this. I, like I said, yeah. it, it was it was it was very interesting to see. I mean, how they play it up too. Yeah. He, he always does a great job on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like I say, for this one, I'm really waiting to see if this is where it, like he passes the mantle possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be, it could be interesting. Another storyline you got going on, kind of the main storyline. Um, you know, they're the hunt is on for the lo- for the looms of fate. You know, Ray and Nora have left, but Constantine can't wait for him, so he goes to where t- uh, Piece Two is. That being the Vancouver set of where Supernatural is filming. Incredible! I marked out about this. You get three uh, Supernatural features, I guess you could call them. One being the car mm-hmm. they go they they come up on the car and they almost go what is this and sarah being a fan of the show realizes oh my god this is the car from supernatural uh the other one is when she and charlie are walking through the forest and they come upon a poster po- uh stapled to a tree saying hey careful filming for supernatural uh the third moment is when they come upon a zombified dead crew member wearing like it was either a jacket or a vest i forget what it was that had the show's logo on the back and she goes oh my god this guy worked on the show season supernatural wait if he's dead in here who's filming season 15 perfect absolutely perfect so good the only thing better like i said if you had dominic purcell Uh uh-huh mick on supernatural oh my god like oh that'd be great just put him on there just for the comic relief with him and dean that'd be great give give me that all day yep uh, Constantine is, of course, being chased by Atropos, which, who is one of uh, Charlie's sisters of fate. Uh, she has linked up with another one of her sisters, and that is the one uh, stoking Astra's rage in hell. So not a good thing that they're hooking up now. No, never. Absolutely not. Uh, Constantine tries to hold off uh, Atropos and fails. Uh, she then shapeshifts into John's face, steals the second piece from Charlie, and then goes to the Wave Rider to get the first piece back. So not looking good for them. Uh, the other uh, storyline you got going on is where current Zari goes into the path, goes into the totem to meet past Zari because something's not quite right going on with her. You know, she the episode starts and she woke up in the bed with uh, what's his face, professor guy, the history professor, whatever his name is. Oh, Steel. Yeah, thank you. Steel wakes up in his bed. Nothing happened, but she slept, walk, and just got into his bed. And she and he tries like, listen, this isn't bad. We both have our clothes on. Nothing happened. And she goes, oh, my God, why did this happen? And uh, the computer, uh, I forget the computer's name. Gideon. Gideon goes, listen, you were sleepwalking in his room. I tried to wake you up, but then you then proceeded to beat on my mainframe and say and started yelling snooze. <laughs> so couldn't wake her up. She knows something's going on and something ain't quite right. She's got memories she shouldn't have. So she goes into the totem, which was very interesting. Uh, you know, she goes into the totem and the totem contains some shreds of the consciousness of all the past holders. Uh, so when her brother gets her a little high, you know, she the influencer takes her first drugs. Mm. You know, uh, she gets to go in and reveal to and she reveal gets revealed to her that the plan with Hayworld was to change the past and save her family. And it worked. So she feels relieved. She feels this. But then there's this interesting conversation she has back and forth with herself and the actress who played Zari in seasons past. It's a very interesting back and forth. Highly recommend you watch the episode if you've been uh, following the show along and you haven't caught the episode yet. But while she's trapped in there, 
you know, the sister, as we mentioned, Atropo shows up on the ship and she's trying to find the last piece. Her brother, Zari's brother, gets the the word that, hey, get out of the ship. She's there and she's going to possibly kill all of you. He can't wake her up, but he rounds a corner and runs into the Atropos who looks at him and go and he pisses her off. So she does much like you see from the Disney animated movie Hercules, pulls a string out of his chest. Now, this isn't how it happens in the Disney movie, but it's a golden string. It's Mm -hmm. like in the movie. Pulls a golden string out of his chest and cuts it and kills him right there on the spot. Yeah, very surprised about seeing this. Oh, yeah. Because especially since they brought him back, Benrad was kind of a character that we were like waiting to see what was going on, especially because Zari was the one who took the mantle and Mm -hmm. and, had the powers. And obviously the romance with Steel going on, too, with Nate Haywood. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? Right. So this one, I I was surprised to see they actually killed him off. Mm -hmm. And in the same token, I wasn't because I was like, no, because they're ultimately pushing for Zari and Steel to get back. And, I mean, like you say, when they wake up together, it's like, yeah, you know, the writing's on the wall. Oh, yeah. But not mad about Mm -hmm. this. No, it was, and I would say it was very good acting from the woman who was playing Zari because when she comes to, she sees her brother dead on the floor behind her. And she just balls her eyes out. And it, it was really good acting from her. Yeah, Tala Ash is when she gets really into the role, mm-hmm. like I know they this season they haven't been writing her much more than a Kardashian, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. When she really can get get into a role and really act, she does a very good job with oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, she then goes into the med bay after her, you know, she kind of pulls herself together, uh, channeling old Sari's determination and goes to a Constantine who's like barely alive. Like he's laying there look, like looking like he's drunk off a Friday night bender with a with a gas mask on his head, breathing in some oxygen. And she goes, listen, she basically tells him she's in to hunt down the rest of the womb and she's not going to leave his sight until it's all said and done with. Which is the right move to do, that I think they're finally getting her away from being the socialite uh-huh. and bringing her back to where we knew Zari was supposed to be at. Yeah. So I am not doubting that we'll wind up having like a merge of mm. Zari personalities by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. But, it, but that's where they need to go with the direction. Because the one thing with Legends is they've been adding so many characters and so many ideas to the storyline mm-hmm. from where they started with Astra and, and how it's now flipped to the looms and, and where they're going with that. It's very interesting to see how they're going to tie all this together. Cause mm-hmm. especially they're, they're used to be on, on a short season. Right. So we've had our filler episodes. So now it finally looks like we're picking up some gas yeah. and that's what they need to do to oh, finish yeah. strong. Cause especially with how the fan base is for, for fans of the show to really get caught up now and really spread the word about it too. Because we always say that this show is one of those that is on the bubble always. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, American Doctor Who. The ratings are okay. The and ratings are okay. Yeah. The fan base is very loyal. So when we talk about one of those cult shows, mm-hmm. this is one of them. And it's always done very well. But then again, like for where it started to where it is now, oh, yeah. it's definitely gone through some metamorphosis. Little night and day. Right. But it also depends on what they want to go for the direction next season. We do know they're coming back. Yep. But they need to interject. It's, it's just one of the hangups with it is it's got a very high production, like we said, because mm-hmm. again... A lot of CGI involved with the show. Of course, the number of times they animate Bebo on that show. Yeah. Which Bebo. Which, I mean, Bebo, another appearance in this episode. You know, but then between the the CGI and then just, you know, where everywhere they got to take them and then all the costumes. Yeah. For all the different, you know, from Victorian era England to, you know, Russia, uh, Revolution era Russia in like 1918 or whenever the heck it is to just all the time, you know, the 70s in the United States. Like, it's a very high production show that. The ratings are okay, but mm-hmm. they could be better. 
They definitely could, and it's going to be something that they're going to need to take advantage of, with especially the turnover. I mean, Brandon Roth is leaving the show. We, yep. He's already gone. And where is going to be the next big star? I mean, Sarah Lance has been doing her thing. I mean, Katie Lotz has been yeah. doing this since day one. Yeah. She can only take the show so far. She right. needs the cast to balance her out. Right. And as long as Matt Ryan is coming back as Constantine, that's the one-two combo you need on that show. Oh, yeah. Matt Ryan's great on that show. Oh, yeah. He needs to. Unless you're going to roll him out into his other show, which we'll get into next segment. Mm-hmm. But for this show to really flourish, they really need to keep going in the direction and really push this as far as they can go with the team or if they're going to hit the reset button for next season, which I think is not a bad idea no. at this stage. At least you'll start setting up the characters in place. Like I said, they want to keep Zari around. Fine, if you bring her back to the old Zari, you got rid of the brother. So obviously the team is getting shortened, but that's when the team does its its best work. Mm-hmm. When you have like seven, eight members, yeah, people get lost in the shuffle, and it never works. So for where the direction went, it was a lot better. Yeah, oh yeah. This episode, yeah. Then Flash in comparison. Oh god, there's yeah. a lot more to talk about because for Flash to come back as the way it did, not the best one. Obviously with C19 switching up everything on on release schedules, not blaming them and not saying no. it's like a premiere. No. But overall, if you want to compare the episodes, Legends won out this one. With it, there's no debate about it. You can debate and feel free to hit us up on hashtag ODPH. But this is the start of the CW coming back with the DC Comics line of shows. We know Supergirl is coming back Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Batwoman as well? The week after. The week after. I keep forgetting that. But CW is slowly bringing them back. This was a hit and miss, literally, mm-hmm. for the week. But hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What did you think about the episodes? We definitely want to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH. The greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and we have an official launch date mm-hmm. for HBO Max. The streaming wars are about to get a little more crowded. Yeah, Pat, break it down for us. Yeah, so this kind of came out of the blue uh, yesterday uh, on the 21st, uh, and basically what happened is Warner Media, of course, that being the parent company that owns HBO among many, many other uh, entertainment people, uh, announced that HBO Max is going to be launching in the United States on May 27th. Other dates in other uh, countries to be announced because I haven't seen anything yet. So I'd say pay attention to the social media for HBO Max and 
all other parties for, uh, for dates and uh, in your co- uh, countries as they roll out. Because I can imagine it's going to be much like Disney Plus, where it didn't launch everywhere day one because that would literally destroy the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they have a better launch than Disney Plus did, because I know Disney Plus, for as good as it is, very rough start. Yeah, at, at least the first day. It was definitely very shaky the first day. Mm-hmm. After that, it, it panned itself out. It's panned itself out. Yeah. And so now we know the date is going to be kicking off, May 27th. Yep. And the programming, we, we do know a couple things they've mm-hmm. announced. But, yeah. But overall, what are we looking for? So uh, it's going to have 10,000 hours of streaming content out of the <sighs> gate, which a little less than some other ones. I know Disney had a stupid amount day one. Yeah, Disney was ridiculous. Disney had a stupid amount day one. So 10,000 hours, it's a little less than some other ones you know have, have launched with. Uh, it's going to be priced at $14.99 a monthly, which is the same rate as HBO Now. Uh, and then it's got the tag. They came out with a really cool uh, ad promo trailer, whatever you want to call it, saying it where HBO meets so much more. Mm. Uh, it's going to include all of the programming from HBO. So Westworld, Game of Thrones, Veep, uh, Sopranos, The Six, Wire, The Wire, Six Feet Under. You know, if you have HBO Go or HBO Now or whatever, and like you go to their series and you can scroll through everything they've ever done. It's essentially that it's all of their movies, all of their series, all of their documentaries, you know, mm-hmm. all of their comedy specials and everything else. Uh, it's going to be that uh, with some original series we'll get to in a minute and also some third party licensed content such as Friends, The Big Bang Theory, South Park, all of the Studio Ghibli films, movies from Warner Brothers, New Line Cinemas in D.C. such as Joker, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, uh, The Matrix, Casablanca, The Wizard of Oz. Uh, in addition, it's going to be stacked with uh, content from other Warner Media brands, including CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, Turner Classic Movies, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, and Looney Tunes. And we can't forget, too, they have a deal worked out for Doctor Who. Yeah. And showing the entire library? Yep. I mean, it is crazy. The entire library as it exists, because I know there are some early episodes from, or episodes from earlier seasons that got caught up in a fire in in a warehouse in London, but they might have found some of the episodes in like this random warehouse in Africa someplace. So as many of the older episodes as they have. As many as I'm the not sure ones. I'm not sure all of them actually physically exist anymore. Well, pretty much everybody starts at the Eggleston season pretty nowadays. Much. So, pretty much. So everything now to prior, and especially they're going to be streaming the new episodes, I believe, too. I believe so, yeah. So that being said, there's a lot to love about what they have coming yeah. out. And especially if you subscribe to HBO through HBO Now, mm-hmm. you're going to be getting the streaming service as it rolls out. Yep. And as also, if you get it through Charter? Yeah. So HBO Now subscribers uh, who are, and I'm reading this from the Variety article, uh, quote, HBO Now subscribers who are billed directly through HBO will get access to HBO Max at launch for no extra cost. In addition, HBO subscribers via one of AT&T's TV services, as well as Charter Communications, will be automatically upgraded to HBO Max. Now, I know in the 607 area, we have Spectrum uh, Cable and Internet is one of the big uh, internet and t- cable providers in the area Uh, if you have spectrum uh, you will get automatically upgraded to uh, get to get hbo max you won't have to pay anything extra essentially it'll probably work like hbo go does now where the same login you use to sign into your on your account online will be the uh, login you have to use to sign into the uh, hbo max app 
Yeah, there's a lot of good features that they're going to have with that, too. I, I think they're going to make it as accessible to get HBO Max out the gate. Yeah. Because now that we have an official start date, and that's why we're kind of re-going over what they're having coming out, there's a lot that you can really like about this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that if you're an HBO subscriber, which a lot of people are. Oh, yeah. You're going to get this as a bonus depending on how you get your distribution of HBO. Yep. If it's through a third party like a Hulu I'm not sure what they're doing yet. Right. I would imagine probably not a, a deal like that if you get like Hulu TV. Mm-hmm. Because what I would assume is since, well, Hulu is Disney. Yeah, I was just thinking that. If you, because I know there are some people who uh, have Hulu Live or Hulu TV, whatever it's mm-hmm. called, that there are people who purchase the add on for HBO. Were Hulu not owned by Disney, who is a direct competitor to HBO Max? I would imagine they'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll roll you in there with that. You're already paying the amount of a month or whatever it is, but because Hulu is a direct competitor to HBO Max. Now, I'm not saying they'll get rid of the Hulu tie, the HBO tie-in to Hulu TV. No, I, they won't. They'll keep that around. That's, you know, whatever. But in terms of automatically upgrading you to, H, to have HBO Max through Hulu TV, I don't think that'll happen. No, it, it definitely won't. So... It's going to be something you're going to have to wait and see when it comes out yeah. in May. But since it's coming up on us very quickly, yeah. that we're just a little over a month away, yep. we have heard they have a couple new properties coming out for the show. Yeah. Or so, for the service, rather. Yeah, so a couple things they'll have at launch is a scripted comedy called Love Life starring Anna Kendrick, uh, a documentary film called On the Record about Russell Simmons, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, for more information on that, you can Google it yourself. Yeah. At your own discretion. Uh, not safe for work. Don't do it. Don't Google it in public. Just saying. Uh, They will have an underground ballroom dance competition series called Legendary, uh, a show called Craftopia, hosted by YouTube star Lore DIY. Not really familiar with her, so could be interesting if you're into that kind of home decor, making stuff uh, field. Mm -hmm. Uh, An all-new Looney Tunes cartoon from Warner Brothers Animation. That can be hit or miss. I know I particularly and a lot of people enjoy the older style Looney Tunes. Uh, Some of the more recent stuff is hot garbage. Yeah, it, saw the trailer for yesterday. It's got promise. It looks okay, it, but it looked okay from the bunch of the shows that were released with new trailers. Yeah, it looked okay. Okay, yeah, I, it, I agree it looked with it. like some of the old style humor and comedy with you know slapstick, and you can't believe what you know. I think there was one point in the trailer where Daffy Duck was hanging up some laundry, and he makes the line, "I don't even wear clothes." Yeah, and Porky just kind of sits there and goes, "Uh, what?" Trying to recapture the magic of the classic mm-hmm. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough. So The old stuff will be on there, so I'm okay. Yeah, the that. old stuff will be there, so you just have to remember that when you're watching the, the new versions. Because yeah. anytime they really try coming out with new versions, it's yeah. it, hit or miss. It, it, it's always a fine line to walk. Yeah. Uh, and also, they announced a, a show from Sesame Workshops uh, titled The Not Too Late Show with Elmo, because as he explained in the trailer, his bedtime's 730 and I got to admit, won't watch it, but if I had kids, I would absolutely watch it because it's adorable. It's Elmo essentially playing Jimmy Fallon and interviewing people on his talk show. It's going to have something for everybody yeah. in the audience. Oh, yeah. I am more excited, though. I know we have not heard a lot about it, though, mm-hmm. is the DC shows coming to the service. Mm-hmm. And we did. We know that there is a Green Lantern show coming. Yep. It's probably going to be David Ramsey. Probably. Which it should be. Uh, Strange Adventures, I believe, was the other one, too, mm-hmm. which they have not talked about. I know the book just came out. And the one that, I guess, has got me very intrigued, J.J. Abrams' production company is working on a Justice League dark show. Well, if I'm not mistaken, J.J. and his production company signed some sort of deal. 
yeah, with there, Warner Media. There's something going on there. I forget the specifics because it was one of those things that it was either before or a while after all the HBO Max stuff got announced where it was everything they had and everything they were going to get and this and that. That like it was kind of one of those it's it slipped under the radar on like a Friday or something like that that I was just like oh okay because it, it's much in the same vein that you hear all the time that big like I, uh, Shonda Rhimes is the one that immediately comes to mind mm-hmm. signed a first look exclusive deal with Netflix and everyone was oh my god Shonda Rhimes signed with Netflix right the thing with first look deals is they don't really mean oh they're only going to work exclusively with that movie studio or that tv studio or you know tv broadcaster all it means is that if shonda rhimes comes out with a new show or netflix gets first crack at do we want this and if they don't she can go the normal way and just start pitching it to other networks i want i I think when the jj thing came out i took it as oh jj signed a first look exclusive deal with warner brothers and basically any movie that isn't a property film like a star trek or a star wars you know, that's his own original, so like a Cloverfield right. type of thing. If it's another Cloverfield movie he does, I took it as, okay, if he just does another Cloverfield movie or something original, Warner Brothers will get first look. I, I didn't, at, for once, actually read into the article and go, oh, no, he's working with them. Yeah, he has a deal signed with, uh, was his production company, Bad Robot? Yep. So I know that he has the three coming. Mm-hmm. The one is a Shining uh, spinoff. Oh, interesting. The coming, um, name is escaping me right now. The other one, I believe, is a um, called Duster. Hmm, interesting. And then the third one is called is is Justice League Dark. Okay. Which, if you're not familiar with, they just had an animated movie not too long ago. They had a great animated movie come out. John Constantine is the head of it, and it deals with the supernatural heroes of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So to see how they're going to portray this, this is where I was saying about last segment about maybe Matt Ryan comes into the fold. Maybe. Which. If they didn't do, I'd be okay with. I mean, I'd love to see him on the CW as Constantine, so don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, I'm not saying they should recast the role. But if you're going to spin this into a different direction, okay, I can understand a recasting. But I really want to see where they go with this because they need to really hit this show on the uh, mark when they do it. Mm-hmm. Because now that you're going to be enticing fans with the Justice League Dark, and say what you will about the DC Universe shows, mm-hmm. I like them. Uh, I've been first one. I will. I will scream to the top of the heavens. Doom Patrol is one of the best shows out. You're going to see that on season one. I believe is going to be on HBO Max when it launches. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't get the DC Universe app, do yourself a favor. Do it. But I will warn you: binge watch at your own discretion, because you need a little space between episodes because it does get very trippy if you know anything about Doom Patrol. But for Justice League Dark to be set now mm-hmm. and to really go there with the characters involved, because like I said, uh, it's most likely going to be John Constantine, right. Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Zatanna. We've seen some of these characters get interpreted on the various cartoons, mm-hmm. movies, yeah. TV shows. So whatever version they want to put together and see what they do here is going to be very important to really connect yeah. and really make the fans want to watch. Now, is this going to be connected to the Greg Bertinelli shows? I don't believe so. Unfortunately, but Hey, it's comics and stuff happens. So I wouldn't doubt it, but to see this show, it's also DC. They've never done a cohesive TV universe since the animated days. Yeah, it's very true. So, I mean, it, it, who knows what it's going to be that it could go any, any type of different way with it. That if they want to really play around with it, they're going to have a lot of heavy hitters involved with the show. Yeah. 
And especially since this has been rumored to be made into a movie, I know what Guillermo del Toro was connected right, with for, yeah, that, for years. Yeah, in the midst of, I want to say it was either right after Man of Steel or either right after that or Batman v Superman was when it first got announced that they were doing a Justice League dark film. And everyone was like, okay, got some potential, but you got to get the right director for it. And then they announced Guillermo del Toro was going to do it. And everyone's like, okay, that's the right director no, it's for perfect it. director for it. And then things fell apart something happened i don't know what and it's not happening anymore but it's apparently going to be a show on hbo max which which i think if you really want to entice fans of the comic genre to get over and sign up well and and it's smart because ultimately not every idea somebody has for a universe like a star trek star wars dc marvel will work as a movie Mm -hmm. you know you look at something like the mandalorian great show Mm -hmm. great story i don't think it would work as a movie if you really think about it, I think Justice League Dark, much the same way. Now, would a movie ultimately work? Maybe. But I think in terms of just, you know, where the audience is at right now for DC and how turned off a lot of people are. Yeah. I think this this streaming service is a smarter idea. Well, it's definitely one you can reestablish the fan base. And for what DC has been doing with their films, they've been taking steps in the right direction. I mean, obviously, with everything going on with C-19, Wonder Woman 84 has been pushed back. And the whole slate has been moved back from Batman right. to Shazam 2. Right. The list goes on and on. So for that to all be pushed back, for the fans of the DC Comics universe to see something come out on HBO Max is going to be enticing. just depends on how soon they get this ball rolling. Because like we said, as I'm reading the article now from The Hollywood Reporter, the three shows coming out under J.J. is going to be Duster, okay, Overlook, and... Justice League Dark. So right. to get the heavy hitters such as J.J. Abrams involved, there's some weight behind this. And so, Pat, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. After hearing all this, are you more excited, less excited about HBO Max? About the same. About the same? Know, about the same. I mean, it's cool, and HBO Max is great and all, but it, you know, it's cool that you look at, like, okay, some of the old Cartoon Network stuff that, that I grew up with in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dexter's Laboratory and, and all the, you know, those, those Friday night Cartoon Network shows, Cartoon Cartoons, I think is what they were called. You know, so having that stuff on there will be great. You know, you look at some of the stuff. I know my dad's a big fan of Turner Classic Movies. Anytime he turns on Turner Classic Movies, no matter what it is, and you can even, you can even ask my mom about this. Anytime he's flipping channels, he goes turn past Turner Classic Movies. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> you know, my dad is a, will be a big fan of that. And then some of the other stuff on there, you know, with TNT and TBS, it'll be very interesting to see, especially Rooster Teeth. I'm a big fan of Rooster Teeth and, and the production they got going on there. You know, between Ruby, Genlock, Haunter, and all the other stuff. They put out some great content. You know, I'm excited for that. But in terms of the originals, it's, eh. You know, with, with Disney, I was excited because we're coming out with a Star Wars show at the at the at out the gate. And then it's, you know, we got the Marvel shows coming out the gate. And then just some of the prospects with some of the other stuff that, like, hey, you might see some old shows that Disney owns the rights to make a return. Hello, Gargoyles. I want another season. Yeah. You know, but in terms of this, it's like, all right, you've got some properties. You know, you've got the DC stuff and you've got the Matrix that you you might be able to do something with. I know they got the new movie coming, but you might be able to do a, a show set in that universe. Yeah. But in terms of like, okay, one of the things that we're supposed to, ha- you know, we told, we went over the list of what they're going to have at launch. None of those really excite me. I know the one everyone's excited for was the Friends reunion that was supposed to be available and ready for launch. But because of everything going on with C-19, that hasn't happened yet and it's not ready and it won't be there at launch. Mm-hmm. But... In terms of my excitement for it, about the same. You know, I'm still excited for it. You know, I know Warner Brothers owns the rights to Lord of the Rings, 
but Amazon Prime's got the show coming. So it's like, okay, I already own all six, you know, you know, Middle Earth Tolkien movies, mm-hmm. you know, so I can already watch them at my own leisure. Eh, about the same. For me, I'm more excited to a degree. I would say this. Um, hearing about Justice League Dark, that got me amped up that I can finally see this because I thought Swamp Thing didn't get its full justice on DC Universe. We've covered this on past episodes. It's murky. It, yeah, it, it just how that folded up because it started out very good and obviously things happen. And, it, and we don't even really know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those like myths of television. Yeah. Like what really happened? Somebody write a tell-all book. Yeah, somebody's got to leak something out about that. But to see that these characters are going to move over to HBO Max and whatever's going to be the fate of the DC universe. like the- I'm telling you now, between this and between uh, the shows airing on HBO Max and something we'll talk about in the next segment, DC universe is going to be gone by the end of the year. And right. I don't wish it on the service. It's a great service. It's really cool you know, to have all the, all the stuff there, but it's going to be gone by the end of the year. They would be smart to absorb it, I think, at this stage. Because you, the one area though, the DC universe, not to get completely off tangent, they excel at it with the comics. Oh yeah. But if you're the if you're gonna take the live shows and add it to your service, and you can, they could always move DC Daily over to like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the end of the world. It's gonna be streaming, so you can definitely watch it anytime. Yeah. If they wanted to do that, like I wouldn't have an have an issue with it. And the service is affordable enough that if they wanted to absorb it, sure. If you wanted to add it to your HBO Max when it comes out, I mean, depends on what they want to do. There, there's ways around it. So, but I don't doubt it at this stage. Unfortunately, there'll be one casualty of HBO Max. But then again, if you get the live action shows and they're still doing them at a high quality, mm-hmm. you know that's that was the big incentive about getting the DC universe. Unless the comics library is is your cup of tea too. Sure. For me, it's both. So it's it worked out both ways. But to see how they're going to be really trying to stand out, HBO Max is taking steps in the right direction. But they have to. If they don't come oh, out, yeah. with, they don't come out with all this original content, and they have the licensing to Friends, so they have what all two hundred and thirty six episodes, right? That's exclusive to them. That's a big feather in their cap, especially with NBC rolling out the Peacock Network, right? And doing theirs. Say so the, the Peacock's really dropping the ball. Disney Plus launched was something Anna Kendrick. I, I saw somebody tweet this over the weekend or the other day. Uh, Disney Plus launched was something Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. HBO Max is launching with something Anna Kendrick. Peacock ain't got nothing with Anna Kendrick. They're dropping the ball. This is very true. This is very true. Uh, I know the Three Fat Nerds was talking about the Peacock uh, debuts a little bit in the Saved by the Bell reunion. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think Peacock is going to struggle when it comes out. But we'll talk about that when that gets a little closer. Right. But for right now, HBO Max has enough that it's enticing enough if you are an HBO subscriber. If you're not, what is your take on that? Because that's going to be the ultimate selling point. For being $15 a month, to add to your streaming repertoire. You have Netflix, which saw, obviously with C19, there are more subscribers. They had a big spike in it. I don't have the numbers in front of me. To see Amazon Prime starting to come into their own. Well, what is it? I know Netflix just added 16 million subscribers? No, that's what I was saying. Yeah, they had... six. I want to say it was 16 million subscribers or something crazy like that. You might know the number. I don't. I, 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 I want to say it's 16 million subscribers. And, and I know Disney Plus, back in February, I don't have any current numbers in front of me, but Disney Plus... Back in February, announced that they had gained uh, 28 million subscribers since launching in November. So, like, I forget what the exact launch date number was that they launched with. With like that, like they launched on whatever day it was, and by next week, what they launched was, but it was a crazy high number. Well, wasn't that because they finally got over to Europe? 
No, well, maybe, but no, I'm, I'm just talking like for HBO Max, the benchmark is very high because I forget what the exact number is, but I'm talking from like when HBO Max or excuse me, Disney Plus launched its stateside from like launch date to like Monday, the following week. All right. We're just talking stateside. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's just stateside that launched because we're talking kind of apples to apples here. It's just launching in the United States so right. far, so far as we know. Disney Plus, when it launched from like that day to Monday, it was a crazy high number that like I think it it beat some expectations of what people were expecting. So it set the benchmark very high for HBO. Now they'll have a high benchmark because they're not just gonna they're not gonna just count new subscribers. They're gonna just subscribers straight. So they'll be they'll have a high number because anyone who has HBO through Charter Communications is gonna get rolled over into it, mm-hmm. and HBO now subscribers are going to get rolled into it. So that's already right. going to give them a big number. It's going to be give them a big number, but to sustain that is going to be the true yeah. test because ultimately it comes down to original programming. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got everything on their service. Mm-hmm. Depends on where you exactly want to look for it. Disney Plus has set the standard right now yeah. for being price and content. Oh, yeah. How many others are coming close? Netflix is up there, but Netflix, depending on where you stand with their original content lately, yeah. I know that there's the big Chris Hemsworth movie coming out this weekend. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be the next big thing. They that, just announced. They just announced a Sherlock movie yesterday. I want to say it was. Oh, with uh, Stranger Things. Uh, with I forget who's in it, but it's not starring. It's not gonna be uh, Sherlock Holmes. It's gonna be his sister. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's Eleven. From, yeah, um, uh, Millie Millie Bobby Brown. Yes, Millie Bobby Brown. Henry Cavill's gonna be in it. So that you know, they've got some interesting stuff coming. But again, they're depending on your your uh, streaming plan because they vary in price. You know they are on the high end, and HBO Max is going to be on that high end. You yeah. know they're dub- they're double the price of what uh, Disney Plus is, and it ultimately comes down to is your original content going to stand out? Yeah, because it's great to watch Friends and Bang Theory and all these shows. You know, again, but that's not going to keep people around. It's the original stuff. It's yeah. looking forward to stuff. And there is enough that is coming out. That is it enough to make you drop that fifteen dollars if you're not a subscriber already? Mm-hmm. That's a question we're posing to you, ODPH Society. What is your thoughts now a month away from HBO Max dropping? Are you excited for it? Are you going to get it? And if not, why? We definitely need to have that conversation, so hit us up on the hashtag ODPH, and let's continue that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Jane. And we have a brand new podcast called Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks, where we talk about witches of the entertainment world. From the horror movies Warlock, Suspiria, The Witch, and The Blair Witch Project. To the more comedic or whimsical, such as Harry Potter, Hocus Pocus, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and The Blair Witch Project. No movie, TV show, or book is off limits. All witches, man witches, sorry warlocks, we're not calling you that. Witches brews, witches of history, familiars, and witch-like activity will be discussed as we laugh and have fun talking about the wonderful world of witches. So join us every other week for some fun witchy talk. All witches welcome. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And there's a couple of stories that we could have gone full segment with, but I think they're better in one-shot format. So, Pad, why don't you start us off? Yeah, first off, we got some very exciting news, if you're me. Uh, the first, That news being uh, yesterday, it was announced uh, via, via an exclusive article on Variety that Season 3 of The Mandalorian is already in the works at Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Like, Season 2 ain't even out yet. 
I'm pretty sure might be done. I'm not entirely sure. But they're already working on season three. Uh, of course, season two is set for the premiere of uh, uh, premiere date in October. And it feels far away to me. But product, pre-production has already begun on the third season of the insanely popular Disney Plus show. I cannot wait. When this came out, did you ever think it would be this popular out the gate? As popular as it is, no. Did I think it would be popular? Yes. It's Star Wars. It's, you know, Mandalorians. It's something that's not directly tied to the overall story. So I figured, you know, oh, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be exciting. Like the Star Wars fan base and some of the outlier fan of the fan base is going to be excited. But did I think it would be as popular as it is in the general public? No. I had no idea. No, Baby Yoda has taken over the world. Yep. The chicken nuggets thing, I, I still don't understand, though. <laughs> Neither do I, but it's amusing every time I see it. Oh, it's hysterical. Oh, it's amazing. Chicky nuggy. No, that that's awesome. And the other recommendation i got to give, mentioned it on last week's show, I think it was, uh, final four episodes of Clone Wars. The uh, first episode of the Siege of Mandalore arc has aired. I've watched it three times. Not going to lie. Uh, it require, If you have a big screen TV, I recommend watching it on that because it's awesome. Uh, cannot wait for the final couple episodes to air this it's playing like a movie instead of because normally when the show opens they play the clone wars affide i guess you could call it version of the theme song the title the star wars title theme song it's the star wars theme song but it's not exactly the star wars theme song no they took that theme song they took out the clone wars theme song out they gave it the old school lucasfilm limited production lucasfilm limited production in the green text and then they gave it the star wars theme song it plays like a movie. And when I, you know, I, when the trailer dropped a couple of months ago, I said, I think this is going to back up right into Order 66. We might see Order 66. This starts at Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Like, you get some hint because the thing Clone Wars always does is they kind of give you an overview of what's going on in the universe or what, you know, what's tied into the episode. They show a couple of shots that are direct recreations from Revenge of the Sith. For a particular Jedi, they show they did a, a new render uh, for General Grievous for a split second shot, and it's him on his ship as you see him in Revenge of the Sith. There's one point in the episode where Anakin and Obi Wan are taught, and I don't want to spoil the episode at large, but Anakin and Obi Wan are on the ship, and Obi Wan goes off to to talk to the Jedi Council. Alarms start going off, and Obi Wan comes back. He goes, "We have to jump to we're jumping to light speed imme- speed immediately." And Anakin goes, oh, our, our plan got approved? And Obi-Wan goes, no, General Grievous has attacked Coruscant. And Anakin goes, Where, where's the Chancellor? We don't know. One of the other Jedis has been sent to protect him, but Mace Windu's lost contact. And I'm like, oh, hot damn. We're right in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. That's kicking right off there. Uh-huh. So it's possibly going to be the best four episodes of the Clone Wars they've ever done. I know Sam Witwer has sung its praises. Uh, I know other people online who have gotten to see uh, review episode, the review episode a little early uh one person said uh the cold the next episode is called the phantom apprentice uh the person said it delivers on every star wars promise the episode ended and tears were running down my face that's insane i cannot wait episodes stream every friday but the season finale will air so the next episode coming will be out on friday april 24th uh the next episode after that will be uh friday may 1st the final episode, instead of being uh, Friday, May 8th, it will be Monday, May the 4th. Oh, because why not? Because May the 4th be with you. Uh-huh. Clever, clever. Uh-huh. I cannot wait. It is playing like a movie, and I hope to goodness that when it's all said and done, 
they put out a cut on Disney Plus of all those episodes as a movie. Because it's looking like that's what they're setting up for. That'd be pretty cool if they decided to do that. I wouldn't be. I know they did it for iTunes at least with some other past over arcs. Like I know when they introduced uh, Darth Maul's brother in mm. one of the earlier seasons, there was a there was a thing on iTunes for a while. It might still be there where it was kind of like a movie. It was all three or four episodes, like super cut into one giant thing. Yeah, I, it'd be cool to see. You know, just so that way, because it, it starts off like a movie, just to have it all go through like a movie, and you. You've, finally get to the end credits and it's the star wars the theme end credits can't go wrong with that no so it'd be something really cool to see i that now you got me amped up about that idea. oh my god it's so good oh i can't wait to see it now, now i need to see this so now uh-huh. i'm saying i can't wait to see this but clone wars a you've been telling me about this all the time i've been yes. trying to catch it in between but everything going on right now it's been a little crazy but it's gotta be worth checking out mm-hmm. so for my one shots pad let there be carnage mm-hmm Sony has announced that Venom 2 has a working title, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And the movie has been pushed back, obviously, with C-19 going on. So it will no longer be coming out October 2nd of Mm -hmm. 2020. It is now going to be slated to come out June 25th, 2021. Hmm. So now Sony has announced that they do have a lot of their movies getting shuffled around. Morbius, which was supposed to drop in July this year, has been pushed to March of 2021. Yep. Ghostbusters Afterlife has been pushed to March as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, and Tom Holland, I believe, has been pushed to October of 2021, hmm. if I'm reading the article on Variety right. So that being said, thoughts on the title had. It's interesting. I mean, admittedly, I still haven't seen Venom itself. So, you know, I know Carnage is going to be in this one. It sounds like it's going to be nuts, and it's probably going to be like two hours of them just knock down, drag out fighting, which signed me up. You know, if they do it right with Andy Circus directing, Woody Harrelson is going to be uh, Cleus Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original wig, uh, to be desired, but, you know, CGI can do a lot between now and sure, then. Sure, sure. It's got to be an R rating. Yeah. If it's not an R rating, it's going to... You can't do Carnage on PG-13. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Go they, through the history. They need to do it. They need to go complete horror movie on this, and they need to go... If they do a scene with Carnage like they did with Carnage in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, oh. and, and how they killed Gwen Stacy, yeah. yo. They need they need to do yo. something wild with this. They need to really have this set off, because Venom, I have seen, sure. and it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. At best, um, I'm not a super fan of it. Um, was I screaming, "Give me my money back"? No, but was I dying to see it again? No. Be honest with you about I that. I think we've only ever done that twice: Hellboy and Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's not on that level, but it's it's, it's not it, it's not something you'd like. If it's on TV, eh, you might rewatch it, but you're not going out and buying the physical copy. No, not by any stretch. I'm, I'm sorry. Like Tom Hardy was okay in it. It just I didn't really like the story. I didn't like the overall cheesiness. But I will say Tom Hardy, though, if I'm not mistaken, released a picture on his Instagram of Venom biting through a Spider-Man. So I don't know if he's trying to elude. Yeah, that maybe saw we'll that. see Tom Holland come through on that. Uh, any any guesses about that is we'll just have to wait and see when the trailers start finally rolling in for it. I'm just really hoping they step the game up about this one. Yeah. The first one I know did a gazillion dollars or whatever. Something crazy. Which I, people have a great – Venom has a fan base, so I, I don't dispute that. I'm just wondering why everybody is so in love with it. I just yeah. – I, I don't know. Like for me, for me, not my cup of Java, but hey, to each their own. I'm yeah. not complaining. Yeah. 
And talking about movies getting pushed back, The Batman well, from Matt Reeves. Well, yeah, the entire DC slate got pushed back, as we mentioned. Oh, you got the lineup? Yeah, no, I got the lineup. It's from the group. T- I had to dig it up from the group text uh, when I sent it to you and Coach Duffy the other day. Uh, Flash, so the Batman was supposed to come out in June of uh, next year. That got moved back to, I would argue, they should have put it in this month to begin with. Yeah, same here. Given this, the potential storyline they're running with. Uh, that it got moved. The Batman got moved back from June of 2021 to October of 2021, and since they're p- allegedly doing the long Halloween, perfect month to have that movie come out. Oh my god, yeah, amazing. Uh, the Flash was supposed to uh, have come out in uh, excuse me July of 2022. That got moved up to June of 2022. Uh, I know a lot of people are going, why did that get moved up? Probably nothing to do with Warner Brothers or DC or just like where production is. It's probably just they looked at their slate release schedule for like everything they've got going. And there might have been too big of a gap in between movies they got coming out. So like, oh, we got to fill the hole with something. And they're like, we've got a point where like movies aren't overlapping. And so it's probably money uh, reasons involved. But I, I understand it. I am not believing that movie is going to get done until I see a trailer, and yeah. then I'm, I'm treating it like New Mutants. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't. Or you know how much you don't like New Mutants. I am like, we're not. I maintain we're not going to see New Mutants for another two years. Same thing with Flash. We might not see this. I'm just saying it's it's. All right, I don't want to get. There's outdated. also a, there's also a real potential we could see the Flash movie a couple of weeks, if not a month or two, after the Flash TV series wraps up. It's entirely possible. It is, but I need to see a trailer first, and then I still won't believe it until I'm actually in a theater. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Shazam 2 was pushed back from April of 2022 to November 4th of 2022. Really kind of surprised that, the, not the delay, but I was thinking that we'd see the sequel to Shazam earlier mm. than 2022. Yeah. I thought we'd see it next year in 2021. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think they've started filming. So Yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't know what the schedule was. I am just really surprised because... For me, that's a really long wait between sequels mm-hmm. for that movie. And I'm sorry, I like Shazam. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was everything I expected it to be. So I mean, to be fair, Doctor Strange came out in what 2016, 2017. Yeah, but and we're not seeing the sequel to that until now. I realize he's appeared in other things and he's shown up in right, other things. That's, but we still haven't seen a sequel to Doctor Strange, and you know we're going to be pushing four years. But you know, but you hit the nail right on the head. He has appeared in Avengers. Yeah. He has. It's a it's a different story for DC. I know they're gonna be pushing Black Adam to come out with mm-hmm. the Rock, and obviously, if you're gonna do that movie, you gotta do Shazam too. So I know yeah. that's involved, and and how you're gonna balance that out is anybody's guess. I'm just really surprised though the delay on the sequel because mm-hmm. I mean Shazam did well at the box office, yeah. but it wasn't like. A huge. It wasn't gangbusters, right? So the fact that we're getting a sequel, I'm happy with. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad. About I enjoyed it. it, but just overall, I'm like, okay. I'll say for me, that's a long Shazam wait. for me is kind of like what Venom was for you. Good movie, I enjoyed it, but I didn't go out and buy it. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those movies like I enjoyed it for what it was, but I, I haven't exactly clamored like, oh, I gotta rewatch it again. You know, it's I saw it, cool. No, that's fair. I mean, like I say, I, I like it, but I I understand the character. Like I've read a yeah. lot of Shazam growing up, so sure, I could get that. And I guess for the last one shot, let's kind of touch upon something that uh, news broke. I know if you listen to like Cheers to, Cheers to Comics, and you should be listening to because they do an awesome podcast. What up, mm-hmm. Brian? Uh, it was announced that DC Comics is going to begin resuming comic book production to retail stores. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Pad, do you got this information up? Yeah, so the initial story came out, uh, and I'm reading this from comicsbeat.com, where they say, on the day that Diamond announced a quote, excuse me, quote, on the day that Diamond announced a plan to return to distributing product mid-May, DC Comics made their own announcement that, as previously announced, they're pursuing alternative distribution methods and will start shipping product uh, for on sale April 27th. Uh, Orders through April 15th are canceled, but starting on uh, April 21st, retailers can confirm their orders for product shipping on April 28th, which will now be available on Tuesday, April 27th. But the biggest bombshell of this, DC will be using two new distributors, Lunar Distribution and UCS Comic Distributors, to distribute weekly periodical comics. Retailers can sign up with either on a regional basis. Uh, it's a, the article goes on to say Lunar is handling accounts in the western section of North America and UCS, the eastern portion. Nothing is known about these two new entities. However, we have reached out to them. This is a seismic move for the comics industry and the first new direct market distributors for comic periodicals in 20 years. Uh, so then you had another article uh, which Diamond had released a statement regarding DC going non-exclusive. Uh, again, reading this from comicsbeat.com. Uh, it says, with the seismic news that DC is no longer exclusive with Diamond for distrib- distribution of c- comic periodicals, Diamond has just released a statement. Quote, we value our partnership with DC and will continue to support them as a distributor. Our focus is squarely on getting our industry's entertainment products in the hands of fans as quickly and as safely as possible. As we as we shared this morning with our vendors and retailers, we are currently building our restart plan plans and targeting mid to late May to begin shipping new weekly product. If we see signs that it is safe to resume shipping earlier, we certainly will. However, with the limited number of retailers open and most customers on stay-at-home orders, our focus is on supporting our industry and the health and safety of our stakeholders. Close quote. All right, so that being said, there's also been some follow-up that DC is going to start doing some digital releases as well Mm -hmm. on various platforms. Sure. Uh, So you're not going to get the full roster of books coming out. You're going to get some reprints of some stories. You're going to get Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some new content. It really hasn't been narrowed down per se. So, Pad, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts on this? I mean, they should just go digital. Like it's a lot cheaper. You don't have the, you don't have the headache of what do you do? We got to shut everything down. Nobody's getting anything that you have right now. You know, you can still keep the physical sales, but like really, don't do certain stories in books digital. Do the whole slate because you have. I would say, and I'm probably wrong, but no, you're, in, you're in entitled my, to your opinion. In my estimation, there's t- kind of two sections of fans, maybe three. There's two sections. You got the people who need to read it right now shazam spider-man superman wonder twins whoever that you know i gotta keep up on the story i gotta read it now and those people are probably going bonkers right now because they're not able to read those stories because they're not getting distributed and you've got the other folks who yeah they like to read it every now and then they like to peruse but it's fine but like they they prefer the physical copies mm-hmm. put out put all the stuff out digitally so you got the people who cl- clamoring for it gotta have it now and then keep the physical stuff for the folks who are their traditionalists. They like to collect stuff, and they like to keep it in the little you know, laminated sleeve. They, they give it to you at the comic shop, they, and you put it in the box, and you can look at the collection down the road. I'm like, oh, I got the entire, I got the entire Tynan Batman run right here. Oh, this is really great. You know, this really holds a place in my heart. You don't even got to worry about. The, I know some people may be like, oh, well, if they put it digitally, it'll be really pirated on the internet. Do some searching. They are. It's already pirated. 
Yeah. It's already on. It's already available. I'm not going to point you in in the direction of where to find it. But let me just say this: you don't exactly have to go to the dark web of the internet to find the comics to read them online. It's very easy to find it online. I'm not recommending it by any stretch of the imagination. No, I don't recommend that. At I, all. I'm not recommending it. But if you're sitting here saying, "Oh, they can't put it out digitally; it'll be pirated," no, trust me, it's already pirated. It's already out there on the internet the day it gets published and the day somebody picks it up. So I just say this. Put them out digitally. It'll save you. It'll save you pennies on the dollar. You know, it'll be a lot cheaper than. And plus, if God forbid something like C nineteen happens again, where everything gets shut down and comics can't get distributed, you still have these comics getting out to people. You still have a source of income as a company, and people are still reading the books. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm really split about this. I I, I genuinely am. Uh, for DC to kick to start kickstarting new material out as a fan, I like it. Obviously, I like reading my stories. I'm cool with that. But then again, I am also a traditionalist. I like going to comic shops. I go support the ones we have here locally uh, when I go out and buy books. So that being said, if they came out with a deal to the comic shops to sell digital codes there, Mm -hmm. I think I'd be more pro for it. I know it's kind of like a really odd idea, but it's like the same thing about having your Wednesday pull list. That if you go to the store and you want to select it through the distributor and they want to give you the digital code to do so they get some credit and so they get some help too at this time, I'd be all right with it. Because obviously depending on where you are in the world, if your shop is doing curbside pickups and I, I don't I don't want to speak for everybody because I don't know what anybody else is doing. If you're doing something like that and it's still supporting local and your local shops, I'm okay with it. If some shops are not going to be taking part of this and they're waiting to see what Diamond's going to do in May, I support that too. I just think that it's it's in this day and age, it, it's it's a double-edged sword you want to walk on. I do like the fact that you can get new stories. I'm not going to hate about that. And if you're going to get do if you want to do it digitally, I mean this is why you get the DC Universe app or Marvel's Unlimited, but obviously there's a little time time to wait to get the new issues. So it just really depends on your preference about it. Uh but to get something going back and get new material, I mean, it's like the same thing. We we applaud the WWE for doing shows. Mm-hmm. We're we're getting entertainment during a very tough time. Same thing with comic books. So if DC wants to try doing this and see how it works, okay. Um, but overall, do I think this is going to hurt comic shops? Maybe to a degree. But I think everybody is in a, a very interesting place right now with C nineteen. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's affected in some way, shape, or form. I saw a tweet the other day that I, you know, I didn't even consider it. You know, if movie theaters don't open for the remainder of the year, God forbid, mm-hmm. the hell do the Academy Awards do? Yeah. I mean, like, like it's, this is affecting everybody. You have movie studios that are like normally have the next five years planned out for what they're doing. Yeah. You know, you've got directors and actors and all this like that. Have, like, you know, it's well documented how meticulous Steven Spielberg is with what he's going to direct and when he's going to direct it. His schedule's getting all messed up. You know, you've got TV production studios schedules all messed up. This is not just affecting, you know, grocery stores and banks and what have you. It's still affecting them, but this is affecting everyone. And it's going to be interesting to see where this comes out and what's changed. Because I just get the feeling with some of this and as crazy as things are, some stuff's going to change once we come out of it. Yeah, this is a life changing event. Yeah. Zero question about that. And to see how it's going to be the new stat quo moving forward after this shutdowns are lifted and everything going on with that. Yeah, the world has changed. It definitely is. But to take it on the lesser scale with the comic shops, 
I, you know, if it's some way to support local and as long as they're going to be okay with this, I'm all right with it. I, but I just, it all depends on what they're doing. And I, I don't want to speak for anybody cause I don't know. And you'll just have to call your local shops and see what they're doing. If they're going to be doing curbside pickup or, or however, or if they're going to be waiting till May, it's like, you know, still go in there, buy a gift certificate. And then as soon as they open the doors, go in there and buy the place out, you know, do what you can do to support uh, so, I mean, that being said, it's going to be something to watch. I really want to see how this rolls out and really want to get some feedback from you, the ODPH Society, about it. What is your thoughts about this? I definitely want to have that conversation because I'm very split about this. I know 3FN talked about it. Ron uh, is kind of in the same page I am. But I definitely want to talk to some of our fellow podcasts out there and see what their vibe is. And you, the ODPH listener, what is your thoughts about DC coming out and starting to slowly roll product back, back out to shelves. Definitely worth having that conversation, so let's do that. You can hit us up on our social media accounts. You can find those at OchoDuroParleyHour.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So let's continue that conversation after this episode is aired. So that being said, the music that you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. Great band that's got some new stuff coming out, I hear, on Bandcamp. So you definitely want to check their page out and find out what they're cooking up with. I know they've been hitting YouTube very, very hard with some new videos coming out. So where do you go to find out about that? OchoDuroParleyHour.com slash music. You can find out about them. You can find out about Second Suitor's new music coming out. You can find out about Walking Distance, Floodlands, Fair City Fire. And shout out to the Online Warriors podcast. Because they are doing something with Yard Party. Hmm. Yes, this got tweeted out, so shout out to them. I'm excited to hear what's going on with that. If they're playing the music on there, or maybe they're doing an interview. I'm not really sure yet, but I'm tuned in to see what they got coming. You should definitely check them out as well. And also on OchoDoraPolyHour.com, you can check out the ODPH directory so you can find out everything going on with Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming. Yeah. What's up, Tom? Final Fantasy VII Remake is going down on the YouTube channel. You definitely want to join in that conversation. Pat, I know he's called you out a couple times. Uh-oh. He wants to talk to you about some Final Fantasy, so you Uh-oh. should make that happen. And you can, che- you can obviously check out Excite Wrestling on there as well. They got some stuff coming on. Johnny Moose is always updating on Facebook, so they're going to keep you up to date on what's going on in the 607's premier independent pro wrestling league. And you can also check out all our great pod chase- podcasting groups on Podchaser. Ah, say that three times fast. So you can check out everything going on with Pod Nation, the Legion Independent Podcast, Alternate Reality Radio. I always want to say Next Wave, but I know the name has been switched over. And you can check out everything going on with hashtag 607 Podcast. 8122productions.com is back up and running, so shout out to Rich, Ron, and hashtag Big Natty Cool. Pad, still on Twitter. Damn. Still bringing that heat. Hashtag Dial H for the heat. The one and only Diesel. Everything they got going on over the Three Fat Nerds Podcast Network, you need to check out, and especially the Patreon, which today, as we're recording, should be the debut episode of I Love Movies. Oh, Lord. Featuring Ron. Oh, Lord. Deep diving into one of his favorite movie franchise. Which one is it? $1 gets you in the door. $3 gets you a comfy seat at the table, and you can check that out. You can check out the early releases of 3FN. 3FNW, the wrestling show, which I'm actually co-host on. And you can also check out Love is Scary. The Patreon show that is too hot to speak on uncovered airwaves. Pad, mm-hmm. we've been told by three providers we talk about the show in detail. We will get kicked off. I've seen the emails. This is true. This is legit. I wish I could say I'm making this up because I really want to talk about the show, but I can't. You'll just have to check it out and find out what Dr. Derek, the hashtag Dr. Lovenomics, is up to. 
I that's all I can really say about it, other than patreon.com slash eight one two two productions. And you can also find out on the Ocho Duro Parley Hour website everything going on with live stream for the cure going down May twenty seventh through the thirty first on twitch.tv slash epic film guys. Shout out to Nick and Justin. Raising money for the Cancer Research Institute. Uh, we've got a lot of great content creators chipping in, donating the time, raising money to help kick cancer's ass. We are going to be featured on Sunday, May 31st from 1 to 2 p.m. with Rich from 3FN and Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming talking about the worst video game movies of all time, Pad. Oh, that's a long list. It is a long list, but we're going to shorten up, and we're going to talk about the games that should have been made into movies. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. I can think of a few. Yeah, we definitely want to take some feedback from all the Hashtag 67 podcasts about it because we're going to be definitely tearing it up on the Twitch that day. First time streaming. Maybe we'll sneak one out beforehand. We got everything hooked up now, so we'll have to test it out. I don't know. Maybe we'll be hitting Twitch ourselves just to see what's going on. Dropping a little footnote. So everything going on, ODPH, you need to check out OchoDuralParleyHour.com. That's all I got for this week. For the one and only Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Kenem. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. (laughs) 